Hi guys, welcome back. We're learning about stars, galaxies, and the universe. On this front page, it has a chapter outline. Um, we'll be covering the next three sections, stars, galaxies, and the universe. Let's read this first page. It says, this cluster of stars known as the Pleiades, or Seven Sisters, is among the nearest star clusters to our planet, 440 light years away. We have blue, bright, and young, approximately 100 years old. The Pleiades are a common sight in the winter night sky in the northern hemisphere. But they make up only a tiny portion of the vast universe in which we live. In this chapter, you will read about the components of that universe from stars and star systems to galaxies and black holes. So in section 3.1, if we flip the page, we have stars. The lesson objectives include define constellation, classify stars based on their color and temperature, outline the stages of a star, use light years as a unit of distance, and our vocab includes binary star system, black hole, main sequence star, neutron star, red giant, supernova, and star. Introduction. When you look at the sky on a clear night, you can see hundreds of stars. A star is a giant ball of glowing gas that is very, very hot. Most of these stars are like our sun, but some are smaller than our sun and some are larger. Except for our own sun, all stars are so far away that they only look like single points, even through a telescope. Constellations. The stars that make up a constellation appear close to each other from Earth. In reality, they may be very distant from one another. Constellations were important to people like the ancient Greeks, people who spent a lot of time outdoors at night, like shepherds, named them and told stories about them. Figure 3.1 shows one of the most easily recognized constellations. The ancient Greeks thought this group of stars looked like a hunter. They named it Orion after a great hunter in Greek mythology. The constellations stay the same night after night. The patterns of the stars never change. However, each night the constellations move across the sky. They move because Earth is spinning on its axis. The constellations also move with the seasons. This is because Earth revolves around the sun. Different constellations are up in the winter than in the summer. For example, Orion is high up in the winter sky. In the summer, it's only up in the early morning. So figure 3.1 states, Orion has three stars that make up his belt. Orion's belt is fairly easy to see in the night sky. Energy of stars. Only a tiny bit of the sun's light reaches Earth, but that light supplies most of the energy at the surface. The sun is just an ordinary star, but it appears much bigger and brighter than any of the other stars. Of course, this is just because it's very close. Some other stars produce much more energy than the sun. How do stars generate so much energy? Nuclear fusion. Stars shine because of nuclear fusion. Fusion reactions in the sun's core keep our nearest star burning. Stars are made mostly of hydrogen and helium. Both are very lightweight gases. A star contains so much hydrogen and helium that the weight of these gases is enormous. The pressure at the center of a star is great enough to heat the gases. This causes nuclear fusion reactions. A nuclear fusion reaction is named that because the nuclei, center of two atoms, fuse or join together. In stars like our sun, two hydrogen atoms join together to create a helium atom. Nuclear fusion reactions need a lot of energy to get started. Once they begin, they produce even more energy.
Particle accelerators. Scientists have built machines called particle accelerators. These amazing tools smash particles that are smaller than atoms into each other head on. This creates new particles. Scientists use particle accelerators to learn about nuclear fusion in stars. They can also learn about how atoms came together in the early universe. Two well-known accelerators are SLAC in California and CERN in Switzerland. How stars are classified. Stars shine in many different colors. The color relates to a star's temperature and often its size. Color and temperature. Think about the coil of an electric stove as it heats up. The coil changes in color as, it temp as its temperature rises. When you first turn on the heat, the coil looks black. The air a few inches above the coil begins to feel warm. As the coil gets hotter, it starts to glow a dull red. As it gets even hotter, it becomes a brighter red. Next, it turns orange. If it gets extremely hot, it might look yellow-white or even blue-white, like a coil on a stove. A star's color is determined by the temperature of the star's surface. Relatively cool stars are red. Warmer stars are orange or yellow. Extremely hot stars are blue or blue-white. Classifying stars by color. The most common way of classifying stars is by color as shown in Table 3.1. Each class of star is given a letter, a color, and a range of temperatures. The letters don't match the color names because stars were first grouped as A through O. It wasn't until later that their order was corrected to go by increasing temperature. So when you try to remember the order, you can use the phrase, Oh, be a fine, good kid, man. So table 3.1 is the classification of stars by color and temperature, and it takes up this half of the page and the next page. So you can go ahead and read through the different classes of uh, stars by color and temperature at your leisure. Um, on page 50, it says the surface temperature of most stars is due to its size. Bigger stars produce more energy, so their surfaces are hotter but some are very small stars and very hot. Some very big stars are cool. Lifetimes of, Lifetimes of stars. We could say that stars are born, change over time, and eventually die. Most stars change in color, or in size, color, and class at least once during their lifetime. Formation of stars. Stars are born in clouds of gas and dust called nebulas. Our sun and solar system formed out of a nebula. A nebula is shown in figure 3.2. In figure 3.1, the fuzzy area beneath the central three stars contains the Orion Nebula. So figure 3.2, stars form in a nebula like this one in Orion's sword. For a star to form, gravity pulls gas and dust into the center of the nebula. As the material becomes denser, the pressure and the temperature increase. When the temperature of the center becomes hot enough, nuclear fusion begins. The ball of gas has become a star. Main sequence stars. For most of a star's life, hydrogen atoms fuse to form helium atoms. A star like this is a main sequence star. The hotter a main sequence star is, the brighter it is. A star remains on the main sequence as long as it is fusing hydrogen to form helium. Our sun has been a main sequence star for about 5 billion years. As a medium-sized star, it, it will continue to shine for about 5 billion more years. Large stars burn through their supply of hydrogen very quickly. These stars live fast and die young. A very large star may only be on the main sequence for 10 million years. A very small star may be on the main sequence for tens to hundreds of billions of years.
red giants and white dwarfs. A star like our sun will become a red giant in its next stage. When a star uses up its hydrogen, it begins to fuse helium atoms. Helium fuses into heavier atoms like carbon. At this time, the star's core starts to collapse inward. The star's outer layers spread out and cool. The result is a larger star that is cooler on the surface and red in color. Eventually, a red giant burns up all of the helium in its core. What happens next depends on the star's mass. A star like the sun stops fusion and shrinks into a white dwarf star. A white dwarf is a hot, white, glowing object about the size of Earth. Eventually, a white dwarf cools down and its light fades out. Supergiants and supernovas. A more massive star ends its life in a more dramatic way. Very massive stars become red supergiants, like Betelgeuse. In a red supergiant, fusion does not stop. Lighter atoms fuse into heavier atoms. Eventually, iron atoms form. When there is nothing left to fuse, the star's iron core explodes violently. This is called a supernova explosion. The incredible energy released fuses heavy atoms together. Gold, silver, uranium, and the other heavy elements can only form in a supernova explosion. A supernova can shine as brightly as an entire galaxy, but only for a short time, as shown in figure 3.3. So in figure 3.3, a supernova is seen by the Hubble Space Telescope. Neutron stars and black holes. After a supernova explosion, the star's core is left over. This material is extremely dense. If the core is less than about four times the mass of the sun, the star will become a neutron star. A neutron star is shown in figure 3.4. This type of star is made almost entirely of neutrons. A neutron star has more mass than the sun, yet it is only a few kilometers in diameter. If the core remaining after a supernova is, about, is more than about five times the mass of the sun, the core collapses to become a black hole. Black holes are so dense that not even light can, can escape their gravity. For that reason, we can't see black holes. How can we know something exists if radiation can't escape it? We know a black hole is there by the effect that it has on objects around it. Also, some radiation leaks out around its edges. A black hole isn't a hole at all. It's, it is the extremely dense core of a supermassive star. And so in figure 3.4, an artist's depiction of a neutron star. And measuring star distances. Astronomers use light years as the unit to describe distances in space. Remember that a light year is the distance light travels in one year. How do astronomers measure the distance to stars? For stars that are close to us, they measure shifts in their position over time. This is called parallax. For distant stars, they use the stars' brightness. For example, if a star is like the sun, it should be about as bright as the sun. They then figure out the star's distance from Earth by measuring how much less bright it is than expected. Star Systems Our solar system has only one star, but many stars are in systems of two or more stars. Two stars that orbit each other are called a binary star system. If more than two stars orbit each other, it's called a multiple star system. Figure 3.5 shows two binary star systems orbiting each other. This creates an unusual quadruple star system.
Our lesson summary. A star generates energy by nuclear fusion reactions in its core. The color of a star is determined by its surface temperature. Stars are classified by color and temperature. The most common system uses the letters O for blue, B for blue-white, A for white, F for yellow-white, G for yellow, K for orange, and M for red from hottest to coolest. Stars form from clouds of gas and dust called nebulas. Nebulas collapse until nuclear fusion starts. Um, stars spend most of their lives on the main sequence, fusing hydrogen into helium. Sun-like stars expand into red giants and then fade out as white dwarf stars. Very massive stars expand into red supergiants, explode in supernovas, then end up as neutron stars or black holes. Star distances can be measured in a number of creative ways. Many stars orbit another star to form a binary system. More than two stars may also orbit each other. So figure 3.5, this is an artist's conception of HD 98800. This is a quadruple star system made of two binary star systems. The distance separating the two pairs is about the same as the distance from our sun to Pluto. All right, guys, so you might want to go over the lesson review questions, but really we're going to go ahead and answer those questions. 4.1 stars, true, false, critical reading, multiple choice, um, and go from there. Just follow your schedule as printed um, for your grade, and I will see you for the next section or hear from you, 3.2 galaxies.